This is the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, the show for real estate investors, stock traders, and business owners. We help you keep more of what you earn and protect what you've built. Let's get started. Hey guys, Toby Mathis here with the Anderson Business Advisors Podcast, and I have Carl Zellner on, one of our attorneys, and uh, we're going to explore a little bit into the concept of this idea of what you oftentimes see. These gurus are out there telling you how easy it is to make money. And then you could leave your job, you know, leave your job behind, you know, take it to the man or whatever they're going to be doing. So first off, Carl, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. And uh, I think it's this is my I think it's the first time on the podcast. Oh my gosh, you've been here for years. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> well, so you know, I always say podcast, but we use these on YouTube, and it's more to educate. And so the education component today is. Uh, why you shouldn't listen to gurus and quit your job. And here we are in 2023. What have you seen in that realm? And uh, do you agree with that sentiment that we should tell the gurus to go stick it? Yeah, I do. And mostly because I'm one of the folks they're advertising to, right? I'm in the, I'm in my late thirties. I've got a little bit of expendable income and I do like to learn about and invest. And sort of the biggest key or tag you see from all these folks are basically, here's how to quit your job. It's like, well, what if I don't want to quit my job? What if I just want to in invest in this on the side and, you know, sort of grow my nest egg for the future? Uh, so yeah, I don't buy into the run away from your job. Actually, became a lawyer because I thought it would be interesting. And it was something I wouldn't have to retire from. It's always interesting that it, it, maybe they're going after the people that just hate their job or do something that they're really disgusted with. But it, it does seem to be like a an emotional ply, which is, hey, we're going to show you how to replace it so you can leave, as opposed to we want to show you how to make passive income so you can choose to work the job that you love. It never seems to be like, hey, do what you really love or your vocation is your vacation and you're really enjoying your life. Uh, they never seem to focus on that. So they focus on this pipe dream of, see, you can tell them all to take. It's like, it's like if you win the lottery, your first thing you do is you leave your job. The people that are successful don't actually leave their the stuff that they like doing. They, they might have some disposable income to do some other things and they're a volunteer more than they're an employee when, when you know, but. It doesn't seem like the successful ones, at least, make these massive shifts. No, I would agree. And I would also say, too, it's it's kind of, I thought when I first started doing Infinity Investing, when you guys first rolled it out, you told me, you're like, the way to do it is just put money aside and forget about it. Get it <laughs> into something and forget about it. And I was like, this rich goober telling me to forget about money. How am I going to forget there's money over there? And literally within the last couple of, I don't know, year or so, I've been like, oh yeah, crap. I forgot about, you know, I had 10,000 bucks in I bonds over here and it was, <laughs> and it's just sort of like, okay, well, cool. So that's sitting there for a rainy day. Yeah. You're not really supposed to forget about your money. You're supposed to know it's there, Carl. No, no, but the, the, the principles sound, which is, uh, the, the old hack was, uh, open up a brokerage account, have it get funded automatically every month through your paycheck or through, a you know, just pay it like a bill where it automatically gets the money and gets automatically deployed into an index or into the stocks that you, you care about and then lose your lose your password for 20 years and then come back and you'll be very, very successful because you're not messing with it. That's the concept, but but there, there's a lot of reality in that too. And what we've seen with, with the wealthy is that they don't tend to change their lifestyle drastically, 
based off of what revenue happens to be coming in at any particular time. What they do is they pick a consistent lifestyle and something that they like to do. And if they don't like something doing that they're doing, they, they, they find a way out. And so there's, there's part of it where I look at the gurus and I say, okay, I get it. If you're miserable in your job, you want to do something else, but I don't think that necessitates the guru. I think that there's these folks out there that are training people how to make money that actually don't make money that, uh, you know, they make their money selling a course or whatnot. And we've seen that you and I've both seen that up close and personal in so many cases where it's like, even if you followed this and you, you did what they said, you'd still be end up in disaster. It's like all the, these guys that teach. Or it's still, or it's still, or it's still a dice roll. Yeah. So let's shift gears a little bit. So in, in focus on what's working. So you're dealing with people on a daily basis. I'm dealing with people on a daily basis. What are you seeing as the successful folks as of right now in 2023? What are they doing? What's the mindset that they have? And are there any opportunities that you see people uh, following that's getting them good results? So one of the things I've noticed over the past few years, even leading into COVID, was there was a lot of young professionals with a lot of disposable income. So we would go on the road and talk to, you know, hundreds of people a week. And people would come up to me and go, you know, these guys keep telling me, get rid of my job and do this. And it's like, I, I, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm an attorney. I like what I do. I don't want to get rid of my job. So what a lot of them started doing was just like you said, was basically have an auto draft off of your off of your bank account for you know thousand bucks a month to you know TD Ameritrade or hundred bucks a month to Fundrise things like this, and it was like eventually I didn't even miss it, and you know I look over every so many months and it's like holy crap there's you know ten grand in my TD Ameritrade account that it wasn't there when I started this thing or you know same thing with Fundrise and they're getting decent returns on conservative investments. And that's okay, because they still have the main engine or driver of their income in their careers, professional or otherwise. I mean, it's not only just attorneys and, you know, doctors and things like that. I mean, people who are, you know, just interested in running business, even their own businesses, without going whole hog into flipping or something like that. So if I was doing this visually, I'd be writing something down on my left side that showed active income, which is t- generally speaking, it's going to be your employment and your side gigs or your, your being an independent contractor. And you could fill in the blank. It could be Toro. It could be Uber. It could be driving for delivery service. It could be flipping mobile homes. It could be being a real estate agent. It could be, you know, being a loan originator. It could be fill in the blank, something that you're doing as a side job. And I see people going you know, from, from that edge, that left side, which is your W-2 and your side gigs and moving over into the right side. And the right side has stock investments and passive real estate. And when I say passive real estate, I mean rental real estate, cash flow real estate. We're not flipping houses. That would be on the left side of the equation. That would be on the active side of the equation. But what we're doing is we're putting things in where the asset does all the work. Is that what you're seeing to this day? Even in this crazy economy where, oh, the market's crashing. Oh, they're, they're going to raise interest rates. Oh, real estate's crashing. Oh, well, you know, you hear all this stuff. To me, that's all on the right side. That's on the passive side. And they're screaming so loudly. Are you seeing people just, just have failures or are you seeing the wealthy folks still making their money on that right side? I'm seeing the wealthy folks still making their money on the right side. So what you're, what I'm seeing is with the folks who are, uh, what I would consider, you know, more sophisticated investors, 
they're taking little dings here and there along the way, right? Little little chips and things like that. The people who are swinging for the fences, you know, on the game stops and things like that, they're the ones that got absolutely hosed mm-hmm. when it turned around on them. But, you know, the people who were buying thousands of shares of AT&T are doing just fine. Yeah. Even though AT&T got a little bit of a bloody nose and they cut their dividend, but they had that little spinoff of what Warner, they tossed that off. Yep. But every, everybody was still okay. Yeah, I, I kind of do the same thing. And by the way, I love investing in AT&T. They pay, they pay a great <laughs> dividend. Even even with that, I was like, ah, I think I'll keep it. But I think I've seen the same thing. And I, and I want to just reiterate something that you said in the very beginning, which is the engine that makes this thing go might be a W-2 job. The problem with the W-2 job is that you might get sick, you might get fired, you might get laid off. You never know what's going to happen, right? Business could go get sold. It could go into bankruptcy, you know, fill in the blank. But one day, you know, you're, you're an employee and the next day you're not. And if you're relying on that W-2 income, you might find yourself in a bad spot uh, in the long run. So the idea is, doesn't mean quit your job. The idea is make sure that you're living on less than what you bring in, transition it over to the, to the passive side until the passive side is compounded and, and significant enough to where you don't need the side, the left side. And I think that's the misnomer that you see is people immediately think, if I do this, I don't have to work. Well, I mean, maybe if you replace your profession, maybe if you, hey, I'm going to go flip houses, right? And you're really good at it. Maybe you might transition out, but I wouldn't do it until you know you're good at it, right? I wouldn't, until you figure that thing out. That's, that's like a sport. It looks easy until you get out there and you start playing and then you realize how difficult it is. Well, and any, I don't know if you've seen the same thing, but any, and anybody I've talked to who's, I would consider truly successful, it was never about getting out of work. They just pursued their passion. And by pursuing that passion, they knocked it out of the park. So it was kind of like, you know, you, you hear the, even these, even gurus, you know, we're sort of poo-pooing on it a little bit, but the guys who did it right or did it well were sort of the ones that were like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. And then got passionate about it, scaled it, and were able to then turn it into more classes and teaching other people how to do it. So. Yeah, I have seen that. Like, and I, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't paint all people with the same brush because there's people that would point at us and say, well, you're a guru. <laughs> uh, I'm a, lawyer and I just happen to see people that are successful and I say this is what they do but not all are bad and not all are the same and a lot of them are really good about something that they're very passionate about doing the trick is understanding where there's hype and understanding where there's logic like if you have a good job and you're able to live below your means or even if you have a good job and you spend more than that job, but you're able to get a side gig or something else to generate additional wealth that you're able to put into an, in, into an investment account, that's good. You need to have that engine. Most people skip that part where you work your ass off and make active money and move it over into the passive side. And they think you can go right to owning a whole bunch of real estate. You know, hey, no money down, you could have 10 houses. Maybe, it, not really, like I don't see it very often. And I, I have seen people get, no money down properties. There's usually a carry back and stuff like that. Like you still have debt on it. It's not like it just somebody said, here's a free property just because you asked. I haven't seen that. What I have seen is people say, hey, I have a good job and I have good credit. And I'm able to lever into some deals that I otherwise couldn't have. And I may have very low to no money down as a result. And I'm able to get there. But it required keeping that 
good paying W-2 job or that consistent income, and then they were able to transition. And over time, eventually the W-2 is not even necessary anymore. You're a known quantity. They've seen you pay back and do all that. Shift gears again on you for just, just for a second. What have you seen? Like if, if there's areas that people are investing in right now, since, since we're sitting here in 2023 20, again, and you've had pullbacks in the market, again, you have people screaming, the sky is falling. What are the big areas that you're seeing both on the, hey, on the active business side, people are able to make some livings and within your clientele, and then also on the investment side? I guess even through all of COVID, I haven't seen huge change. I mean, for all the, I guess, puffery we hear on the TV, the jobs that have paid well historically are still paying well. The things that people invest in are still being invested in. Uh, I actually just saw Matt in our in our Utah office. I actually just saw on the news this morning they were reporting that this was the best the best month in real estate since before the pandemic. And it's like, oh well, so that took way, all- way, 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 yeah. <laughs> so all the things that have been good in the past are still good. It's just a matter of. I guess sort of wading through the hype, like, you know, (laughs) people still need places to live. People still need to work. So, you know, how could rental property be bad? The stock market's a little bit less. I mean, it's always been unpredictable overall, but there's still those safer bets as far as ETFs or, you know, consistent dividend paying stocks and conservative investments. So it's just, it's the same. The stuff that's been good is continuing to be good. I would say sort of an interesting, or I think it's interesting, is there's a couple people who are coming into the investment market at this point. It's people who are earning money, like you said, on the W-2 side, who are looking to invest it. And then there's people who've already made, sort of made their money and maybe retired basically from that initial Mm -hmm. job and are now looking for a way to sort of spread out and extend that money out. And it's still the same answer. How about the people that pulled all their money out in fear. Have you met anybody that like just reacted? They saw the news. Oh my God, the market's going to crash some more. It get, you know, newsflash, the market crashes and then it comes back and then it crashes and it comes back. But over time, it's, it's, it's always gone up. Maybe there's a magic force that'll push it down. Maybe there's something in the global scale. Like we'd have to be off the US dollar. You'd have to, you'd have to have some major things going on. Right. I can, I was, when, it, when it was all going wild, I was actually trying to find a place where I could invest in Russian oil. When the <laughs> Russia-Ukraine thing went off, I was like, it's going to come back. I, I mean, it's not like they're going to stop yeah. using oil. <laughs> I don't think you were allowed to. I think allowed no, no, to. it was illegal. So yeah. uh, I didn't, but I was looking for it. I was like, if you could do it, it's coming back. It'll come back. It's usually that obvious, though, right? You see that stuff and you're like, yeah, it's that obvious. It's you like, know, yeah, it's, it's illegal, except unless you're a politician, then you can invest in it. <laughs> what we see now is a lot of people locked into their houses. You know, they got these low interest rate mortgages, and you know, it, it, I think it was what if uh, the mortgage rate on of the equivalent of a six hundred thousand dollar house a couple of years ago or a year ago is is essentially a four hundred thousand dollar house now or three hundred thousand. Like it's 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 that extreme. You've seen it just completely destroy the value proposition for what people are buying, and instead of crashing the market. What it's done is it said, I'm not going to sell my house because I'm not going to get anything close to it at the current interest rates. Like if I have to swap out my mortgage, since I can't just bring it with me, I can't get this much value for the dollar. So I'm not, I'm just going to sit on my hands. And Yeah. What, what, I'm, what I'm seeing is some pretty uh, creative financing deals on purchases and sales. And 
Are you seeing um, subject twos? You're seeing people actually keep the mortgage on there? My uh, neighbor across the street sold his house and did it as a seller finance, or try, was trying to do it as a seller finance deal. I don't know if he got it. You just ratted out your neighbor. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, but yeah, I actually bought a house in, in Vegas during the Great Recession that way. It was somebody who had a modification with Bank of America. It was right around 2%. And uh, even though they were had lowered interest rates considerably at the time, it was still quite a bit more, you know, twice as much. And it was just as simple using a trust and a service provider and is able to purchase it that way. And you're able to get a lot more. You're going to see folks that get savvy in those areas where they realize that it's not the house, it's the value, it's the it's the debt, it's that mortgage, that low interest mortgage is actually a valuable asset. Yep. And they're, they're not going to want to replace it. The person who's forced to sell sometimes is, is they, they don't want to get rid of it. You know, they realize that there's value there and they don't want to have to go out and get another one. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the note market too on non-performing notes. If you see high interest rates, what's, what's going to happen there? But anyway, there's, there's plenty of opportunity in these types of things. And I, I think that, uh, you just named a few. We just talked about a few. And, uh, and so we'll just, we'll kind of go back in the last section and just talk about moving forward and what you're seeing, what you, you know, and what you're hearing for the, for the rest of the year as far as what areas would you be investing in? What areas do you think are hot for possibly doing side gigs? And and uh, based off your experience with working with so many hundreds of uh, successful entrepreneurs and investors. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's probably one of the things we sort of underpitch the most as far as what you know our sort of platinum clients have access to is that we deal with such a volume of people. We get to sort of see these little these trends and things as they're coming across mm-hmm. and try to share them as best as we can through all of our mm-hmm social media platforms, things like, and different classes we offer. But it has been interesting because, you know, the last, last recession or the great recession, I wasn't with Anderson and mm-hmm. I wasn't really investing heavily at that time. This time I'm, I'm here and I'm seeing it. And from the beginning, we've said, everybody just take a breath, um, look at your, look at your fundamentals. And if you're good with your fundamentals, then stay firm. It'll all sort of work out for you. And for the people that have, yeah. And to your question earlier, has did I see anybody run to cash and then regret regret it? Yeah, a few people. <laughs> like, and they usually the first thing they say when I, we get on the call is, you know, I should have kept that, you know, whatever, Boeing or Tesla or whatever. And I cashed it out. And now I left money on the table. And it's like, well, the worst thing are leaving a little money on the table too. But yeah, you should have stayed the course. And if you were happy with your fundamentals, you should have stuck with them. Yeah. Usually you sell when it's all carnage and then you, and then it, when it bounces back, you miss it. So we see, that's what I've seen over and over again. It was when you, when you do anything off of emotion, chances are it's the opposite of what you should be doing. It's kind of funny because you talk about the beginning of the pandemic and I always like to just give people the visual of taking their right hand and stuffing it underneath their right butt cheek and taking the left hand and stuffing it underneath that left butt cheek. And sometimes the best thing you can do, I don't know, sky's falling. Great. Sit on your hands, you know, and you're not going to do stupid things like, Hey, if, if you're obviously you're holding onto a position that's, that's, uh, it does, it has a bleak future because it's been so overvalued. A, if you're one of our clients, you're probably not in it <laughs> because you're following the right principles that you're not going to be buying those types of companies. But let's just say that, that you did, if you have good companies, the best thing you can do is just wait it out, not act emotional. 
And I think that's true when you're dealing with gurus or anybody else is take a look. And if, the, if it sounds like a lot of hype, it doesn't mean that you don't do it. It doesn't mean that you throw it out. It just means that you do so measured. Maybe you find something that you love to do that you're passionate about that could actually replace your, your current income. You won't know until you've actually had some degree of success and you never know right away. Like you may think this is really awesome. I love it. Great. Channel that energy and learn how to do it really well. If you're passionate about it and you're good at it and actually makes money, you'll be successful. But you can be as passionate as you want about fixing typewriters. Chances are you're not going to make much of a living at it. You got to find something you're passionate about, good at, and has an economic benefit. And there's plenty of things out there that you could find. And if you find a guru that's, that's talking about one of those things, just understand that a lot of those coaches that are there is just there to sell you stuff. And um, they, they may be well-intentioned, but don't leave your job. Don't listen to the guru. Don't quit your job. That job is a little engine running everything else, dumping money into your investment, and do like Carl's talking about and all the successful clients, and that is put it into things and be patient. Don't forget it. Unless, unless you like, surprise, I just found I have, it's like every Christmas. I actually go through my accounts and find the ones I hid. But uh, no. Do, just, I did have a client like that who was like, yeah, every uh, every Thanksgiving, I look at all my accounts and I write my checks for all the charities I donate to. And then every December, we start over again. That's, <laughs> I know plenty of people don't believe you. And they're like, uh, yeah, actually, a lot of the, the successful folks, it's, it's in the methodology. They're not super attentive and they will forget that they have houses and in, in, in investment accounts. And I've seen it so many times now. I just, I used to think it was just a, oh yeah, I forgot about that house. And I'm like, sure, sure, Sherlock. Yeah, you're just teasing. No, actually they probably, that it wasn't on first thing in their mind because it's not that critical to them. And they were like, you know, I actually have to do a little bit of an inventory of what I have. Thank God you have accountants tracking it for you sometimes, right? Otherwise you might. You might leave it, leave it someplace, but it's because they're doing other things. And this is a great way to conclude. If you love what you're doing, don't let somebody talk you out of it, right? Unless it's illegal. No, but if you love what you're doing and you have a good job and you love your job, there's nothing better than being a volunteer. And there's the old adage that money doesn't buy happiness. And I say that money can buy happiness if you, if you give enough of it away. And if you're in a situation where you're, where you're free to be able to do more for other people and give more away, then you will. You'll find a lot of happiness in that. I, at least uh, I keep seeing that with our clients. Carl, anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, as far as uh, just uh, the little, I know we like the mind twist stuff, but the, the mind twist of the whole, yeah, when you get to a certain income level as well, you actually start buying things for the tax breaks, not for the return on a lot of stuff too. That one usually kind of trips everybody out as well. Ah, that tax break is part of the return. If it saves me 30 grand, that's that 30 grand I may as well as made, right? So it's all, it all gets baked into the pie. Carl, you've been a wonderful guest. Uh, I'll have you on again. We'll, we won't wait many, many years, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe a decade, but, but no, we'll, we'll get you back on. I really appreciate your insight. And there's no replacing talking to folks like you who are actually dealing with the investors and lots of them because you get a good taste. You, you got your finger right on that pulse. And you kind of know what's going on. So I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, if you're already a Platinum client, look forward to chatting with you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode can be found on our website at andersonadvisors.com slash podcast. Be sure you subscribe to our podcast. And if you are already a subscriber, please provide us a review of what you thought of this episode.